Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Today, we continue our look at the technology that could be used as the mark of the New World Order. And Greg Patton will have a very powerful message for us from Living in Today's World. Right now, we're having a special summer event with hundreds of items, both books and DVDs, marked down as much as 50%. Check out all the details when you visit our website, swrc.com. That's swrc.com. August is just around the corner, which means we are only a few days away from the brand new edition of the Prophecy in the News magazine. The August issue will feature insight on the ongoing war against Ukraine and its prophetic implications. Make sure you subscribe to the Prophecy in the News magazine today. With your subscription, you get a print and online version of the magazine and access to our online streaming platform, FaithNet TV. Call today and subscribe to the Prophecy in the News magazine, 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or go to our website, swrc.com. Co-host James Collins welcomes back Tom Horn and Terry Cook to continue their look at the latest technology and how it's being used to bring us closer to the mark of the New World Order. I want to welcome back to the Watchmen on the Wall, Tom Horn and Terry Cook. They are here today to talk about end times technology. We are featuring an eye-opening book that they wrote together titled Beast Tech. Now, most of our listeners are probably familiar with Tom Horn, but you may not be familiar with Terry Cook. So let's get to know Terry a little bit better. Terry, I understand that you had a career in law enforcement, but the Lord changed the direction of your life. Correct. In 1987, I picked up a couple of Christian books warning Christians about the New Age movement. I was rather naive about all of those things, but these books used this term over and over again that the Satanists and the occultics were using. The term was New World Order. So I remember reading that, and they disclosed who was doing this, and all the Satanists, Blavatsky, Church of Satan, Anton LaVey, and all this, and they all used this term, a New World Order, meaning a new world under Satan when their Messiah, the Antichrist, comes. So I was absolutely slapped in the face when George Bush Sr. in 1991 said New World Order 200 times. And that's what launched my investigation into this thing, and it changed my life. And when he said 1,000 points of light and a New World Order of peace and safety, I've never been the same since. Well, you have written this book, Beast Tech, with Tom Horn, that shows that the technology for the future one world leader, the Antichrist, to control the world is actually already in place. We are living in a day when the mark of the beast is possible. And whatever this mark system ends up being, and I forecast that it would be an injectable, implantable biochip such as the ones they're putting into our pets But now they have so many wild things that are virtually incomprehensible, such as Tom has put on his website a brief video clip of a Google officer saying now they have pills you can swallow. The pills are energized. The battery for the pill that makes it work is your stomach acid. It's a chemical battery. Your stomach acid would be a chemical battery for this RFID pill you would swallow, and then your whole body turns into an antenna. And you just touch your computer and everything is authenticated. And this gal that is associated with Google and all the other government agencies and everything, she's absolutely thrilled about this. She says she wants it and she thinks all the kids and everybody else should jump in on it. 
Well, let's bring Tom Horn back into the conversation. Tom, you write that some of this beast tech may be from another world, not from aliens, not from E.T., from outer space, but from demonic forces, just like it was in the days of Noah, just like it was in Genesis 6. And there's also some similarities in the sense that when you look at a great deal of this technology, Sharon Gilbert, I like to give her credit, and Sharon is qualified to talk about how, for instance, a living biochip, the capacity to actually make genetic modifications to the body. You might have noticed where recently DARPA has been advertising for the creation of a 47th chromosome. You might have saw the headlines, but you can still go to DARPA's website and look at their advertisement. And when you read what it is they're trying to accomplish, they want a way to be able to jack in to the human genetic makeup very quickly. From their point of view, this would have to do with biological warfare. You have soldiers, and how can you rapidly create some way to defend them? Well, this 47th chromosome would somehow give them this method. Is this wireless technology? Who knows? Because it hasn't yet been invented. Wait a minute. If you give someone an extra chromosome, they would not be human wouldn't be human as they were made by God. And there again, whether you're talking about a biochip that can change your genetic makeup, whether you're talking about a smart vaccine that would actually alter your genetic makeup, and then using these to also both control and create identity systems, does smack of the days of Noah. Because once before there was a time when intelligence said, we can improve mankind, make them better than the version God made. But they had a reason. They wanted to extend themselves into those newly formed bodies. They wanted to leave their plane of existence and come down to the earth. This come under great judgment from God. Peter talks about it in the New Testament. John talks about it in the New Testament. There are apocryphal books of that era that record what was going on on the earth. But this came under great and immediate judgment from Almighty God. So you're saying the mark of the beast may not be a chip or a tattoo. It may be a way to alter or change your genetic makeup. You would become something not human. It would actually change who you are. It would integrate with your system. Like a virus, if a person wants to think of it that way, but a smart virus, one that's been engineered to accomplish a particular task. It's going to reform, it's going to alter your genetic makeup, and if it altered you sufficiently. So this literally is designed to permanently alter your genetic makeup sufficiently enough that in the purest sense of the word, you are no longer human. Now, some people today believe that that might be the way that the mark of the beast, once received, alters people in such a way that they can no longer be redeemed. The book of Revelation seems to speak of that when it says that whosoever receives the mark of the beast, they shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture out of the cup of his indignation. It just goes on and on forever. What could you do to a human for which they can find no redemption unless they're no longer human? And again, this goes back to that ancient story because recall, according to some of the extra-biblical texts, the book of Enoch, which is still included in the Orthodox versions of the Bible and whatever, what did the watchers do? When God put a judgment on their creation, the Nephilim, the watchers, according to Enoch, went back and they pleaded with God for the salvation of their creation, the Nephilim. But it says they cannot be redeemed. So that mutated form, even though it possessed a certain level of human 
original genetic material wasn't human and could not be saved. So then that explains why the Bible says in the book of Revelation that those who receive the mark cannot be saved. I want to say, too, in my opinion, it is very dangerous for anybody out there to be saying that people could receive the mark of the beast and still go to heaven. Here's primarily why I think that is very, very dangerous. I think that once a person has received the mark of the beast, they won't ever want to be redeemed. I think that it will change their brain chemistry. It'll change them in such a way that, again, go back to the original story. The watchers sought God for the redemption of their children. There is no record that any of the Nephilim ever tried to repent. It wasn't them. It was their parentage, the fallen angels. So imagine now if something is created that so alters humans, they wouldn't even ask. There's nothing in the New Testament tells us those who receive the mark of the beast are going to be crying out, please save me. Another thing people are saying is, if this thing comes along, I just won't accept it. So if the government came along, let's say, and say we came up with our own version of a Proteus digital pill or a chimeric vaccine, and for the sake of the good of all the world, you're going to have to receive this thing, and it's the mark of the beast, and people say, well, then I just won't take it. But there's something, I think, that is intriguing about the way the book of Revelation describes the kingdom of Antichrist when it says, he causeth all both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their forehead. How does he do that? How does he cause all? Once again, I'm James Collins, and you're listening to The Watchman on the Wall. My guests on today's program are Tom Horn and Terry Cook. We are talking about their book, Beast Tech. You can order a copy now by calling 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or you can always order online at swrc.com. Let's get Terry Cook back into this conversation. So something like, oh, say the release of a virus. Let's hypothetically say uh, a COVID virus. Just as far-fetched as that sounds. but, but, But just for the sake of argument, let's speculate that the release of a COVID virus could be a trigger event to force everyone to take a mandatory vaccine. Well, let's talk about trigger. What does that mean? A lot of people may not comprehend that, but you know, a gun has a trigger on it. In order to launch the missile, to call the bullet, you have to pull the trigger. So that's what we're talking about here. What is going to launch the new world order? So what are we talking about in terms of triggering events? Well, they have a number of plans and they're very mind-boggling. In the book, we discuss three of those major plans and one of them is a global electromagnetic pulse bomb. And that's where some enemy, perhaps even our own government, sends a nuclear device up into the atmosphere over the continental United States, and they blow the bomb up in the atmosphere, not over the dirt. They don't blow up any buildings. And that creates an electromagnetic pulse frequency that goes down to everything in the continental United States and fries the entire electrical grid because it overloads the grid and burns it up. Now, That also would fry all of our cell phones. Basically, it would put us back 100 years in history and make us a farming community, and we're not ready to go farm or plant anything anymore. So it would turn into a totally chaotic situation. But I don't really think they're going to do that because they're spending too much money on the infrastructure of the beast, which requires electronics and electricity and the new facility at Bluffdale, Utah, called the NSA Data Center. 
at Bluffdale, Utah. So we discuss this in the book and the fact that the communists, you know, the Chinese and the Russians are probably going to hit us with some full spectrum dominance attack of some kind, maybe simultaneously one or two such trigger events where they're going to pull the trigger. But I kind of think it may not be an EMP attack per se. It could be a smaller one, but I don't think it's going to be a comprehensive one that many are talking about now. What I think is it's going to be a total economic collapse triggered by the global international banking community that's pretty much controlled by one family in Europe. Everything's centralized around that one family in Europe, and I think they're going to pull the trigger and collapse the entire globe's economy, close the banks, and everybody will be on the street rioting, and there'll be food shortages and that sort of thing. In addition, perhaps simultaneously, World War III will happen, and it's virtually on the edge of happening right now. So I think it could be uh, informational collapse, uh, cyber warfare, we talk about that a little bit, as well as an economic collapse and bank closures, food shortages, and perhaps World War III. It's going to get very exciting very soon, folks. Tom, you spoke about this very same thing on this program a couple of years ago with Dr. Larry Spargimino. Well, it's been one of the top programs on the radio ever since we did it. The title of it is Trigger Event. And I took that title from this idea that the Antichrist is going to trigger something. He's going to do something that is then going to cause one of the scenarios. We talk about a pandemic, how that the World Health Organization, other laboratories in the world right now are very concerned that we could suddenly have a pandemic, a virus that somehow migrates into the human population. Okay, but let's just imagine suddenly a new black death arises. And it is so viral that within just a few months, you've got hundreds of thousands of people around the world that are either dead or they are dying. Now, we all know that an international cry would go up from the earth, from all over the earth, for a cure for all of the great minds of the world to put their minds together and come up with a cure before this thing basically obliterates population earth. And then all of a sudden, a government, maybe the United States, comes forward and they say, we have a cure. Because this is a flu that migrated from animals to human, we have a chimeric vaccine. It is made up of both human and animal genetic material. We've created a vaccine around it. It will cure you of this disease. However, it will also permanently alter your genetic makeup. You will no longer be human. So suddenly you have a scenario in which a trigger event sets in motion you're not going to have just this blase, passive, all baloney. I'm not, get, not when you're looking into the eyes of your dying children, the eyes of your dying wife, or you yourself are dying. You've got to make a decision and fast. Furthermore, this technology, when you look at how they would verify whether a person had received this chimeric vaccine, they scan the retina of your eye or the blood in the palm of your hand. And they can see the traces of whether or not you have received this vaccine. So in your head and hand, do you have the vaccine? If you don't, you're quarantined because you're a danger to the human population and you're simply going to die. So that's one of the numerous trigger events. It's the Proteus Digital Health Technology, MC10, other technology like that is in this book. We also talk about transhumanism and how we're entering now into what is called the hybrid age a human enhancement era. Terry, in Beast Tech, you write that the technology and the system to implement the mark of the beast is here. The Satanists, in addition to the term, the phrase, New World Order, which really means New World Disorder, and didn't the Lord tell us that in the last days things would be reversed, bad would be good, and then they'll persecute us and kill us in Christ's name? 
all of this happening. But in terms of this thing happening, I think we're going to be hit with full spectrum dominance, which is a military term that a think tank came up with and gave to the military. And what it means is kind of the same thing that Hitler described as a blitzkrieg, where we get hit with a number of things simultaneously that are so overwhelming and so comprehensive that it just mind-boggling and we all just kind of knuckle under and we acquiesce to military control in order to establish order. And my research has proven that the Pentagon is planning to do that through a new military command in America at the Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs called NORTHCOM. And NORTHCOM means Northern Command and it encompasses the military structure of control over not only the United States. You know, the United States is a third part of it. It's really a trilogy, as it were, because Canada is involved and Mexico is involved. The whole continent is involved in NORTHCOM. But the problem is most people just can't comprehend of all of this conspiratorial stuff because it is so mind-blowing and so mind-numbing. And the only way such a conspiracy that's so huge could ever exist is it has to be spiritually guided by Satan himself. And I believe that's the beast system, the beast tech. Wow. The evidence for this global conspiracy that you write about in beast tech is so overwhelming, but it's still very hard to believe. We're criminal investigators and spiritual investigators regarding end times things. And in our package that we're offering here, beast tech, it's the evidence against Satan. And it's all right there. The evidence is there proving our case beyond a reasonable doubt. Ordo ab keo. Let's mention that satanic term, which is what I started to do and I got sidetracked. Ordo ab keo means order from chaos. Satan throws the whole world into chaos, establishes a new world order of dictatorship. Ordo ab keo. And the socialist George Hegel developed that whole concept, and that's why it's generally called Hegelism. Yeah, we have a thesis and then an anti-thesis, and then you work those two together and you come out with a synthesis, a blend of all of that. And today in America, that's what the Republican Party represents and the Democratic Party and everything in between. That's the hard thing for good people to understand who haven't studied this for years as we have. The average person can't comprehend that somebody would actually want to do such evil things. But that's what Satan's doing. Remember, John 10.10 says, Satan comes to kill, rob, and destroy. And Jesus said, Satan is the father of all lies and murder, and he was so from the very beginning. Okay, so Satan comes to kill, rob, destroy, lie, and murder. Second Thessalonians tells us that the Lord is going to allow total deception in the end days. So the end times are characterized by total deception, so much so that even the elect could be deceived if it were possible. Tom Terry, you have written an eye-opening book. Let's hope that people get this book and pay attention to what's coming. I think Americans have become immune to the message because predominantly for the last 200 years, we've been a Christian nation. And they've heard it so much that they've really grown immune to it. And it really is kind of an inconsequential, mystical thing to them in America today. Now, we haven't really had to suffer for our faith in America, but there are Christians right now, folks, who haven't been raptured, who are having their heads cut off in other countries, being persecuted. It's coming to America, folks, and it's coming soon. We have enjoyed so much religious freedom and other freedom and everything else that Americans just aren't ready for what's coming. Get our books so you can prepare and be prepared, not scared. It is scary, but the Lord is wrapping up His plan. We don't understand it all, even the best theological minds... They understand it better than most of us on earth. 
but we'll never understand it until we get to the Lord's kingdom in the millennium. And then he promises us full knowledge. So in the meantime, you need to get on the train because the conductor is yelling, last call. You know, the trains leave in the station, last call. And this is what the Lord did during the time of Noah and also did during the time of Sodom and Gomorrah. Few people did it, however. You need to join the Lord's system right now. Get on the train, get on the boat, as it were, and become a Christian because everybody who's been appointed to come to him will now come to him before the beginning of the tribulation period. We are not date setting, but what we are is spiritual weathermen. And what do weathermen do? They're generally somewhat right, but they still can't predict the day or the hour of a bad storm. They can get fairly close. That's what we're doing today. So we're not setting dates or trying to be prophets. And we're not profiting from this in general, for sure. So the point is, get ready spiritually and physically, and I suggest storing as much food as you possibly can so when this trigger event such as a global economic collapse happens and the banks close, you will be okay at home because you can still eat. What's the first thing you need to do? You need to eat and drink water. The satanic forces on the planet don't want you to eat and drink water. They want you to be totally desperate so you'll be under the control of their martial law center in Colorado Springs. It's called NORTHCOM, Northern Command. So I suggest you Accept Christ as your Savior immediately, and then to get physically prepared as well, store some food, get some cash out of the bank, and put it in your safe, and get ready. Be prepared, not scared. That is great advice. Be prepared, not scared. I've been talking with Tom Horn and Terry Cook about Beast Tech. Get your copy of the complete two-day conversation on Beast Tech with Tom Horn and Terry Cook when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Is the mark of the New World Order currently under development? Find out in the book Beast Tech and the DVD Mark of the New World Order. Both the book and DVD by Tom Horn and Terry Cook are available today. Call 1-800-652-1144 and order both of these outstanding resources. 1-800-652-1144 or order online, swrc.com. The loss of a child is devastating. How does a Christian cope with such a tragedy? Greg Patton looks at this from a very real, personal place on today's Living in Today's World. Well, now the Patton family can say, been there, done that, once again, first time for a child. What are we talking about on living in today's world? A part of all of that, of course, for all of us is dying in today's world, right? You know, as a parent, I can't imagine anything's more traumatic. There's not a more traumatic experience than the death of your child. All parents, of course, naturally expect their children to outlive them. And the losses, it's an extraordinary, out-of-order event that brings with it an overwhelming sense of pain and, and grief. It's life-altering, an experience that presents unique challenges to moms and dads as they seek to rebuild their lives without their child. It happened to us on the back deck of our home. My son at the midnight hour, out relaxing and enjoying the outdoors, we believe, had a cardiac arrest. His mother, who's a former nurse, did it all, mouth-to-mouth, chest compressions, the whole nine yards, to no avail. The MS, fire department, police all arrived, and they did the same for 45 minutes, all to no avail. 
We've already had the great hero walk that they do here in the state of Indiana. Down the hallway, doctors and nurses lining the hallway as as my son's body was taken to Indianapolis, Indiana for the harvesting of his organs. Gee, it seems so clinical, doesn't it? You know, it'd be presumptuous for anyone to tell parents how to handle the death of a child. But you know, we do know that those who yield their lives to Almighty God, hopefully those of you listening right now, are more apt to recover from such a loss with a greater sense of normalcy in their life than those without a genuine and positive faith in Almighty God. With this being true, how do Christian parents handle the death of a child? Does the Bible talk about it? My friend, each person handles grief differently. Emotions vary widely in their intensity. These emotions are normal. They're natural. I believe God designed it that way. We're supposed to go through grief. A second, no parent ever gets over it, moves on from the death of a child. It's not like an illness which you recover from. Most counselors liken it to a life-changing physical injury. However, we should also know that though we may always feel the loss, its intensity does diminish with time. It's the Christian's faith in a loving and ever-faithful God that enables us to endure and recover from the death of a child, and sometimes in ways that others find remarkable. We can learn about David in the Old Testament there in Second Samuel 12, right? What did David do? He prayed fervently for his child's life, and we did that. This should be for all parents at all times, and not just during troubling times. Parents should always pray for their kids, asking God to watch over and protect them. And likewise, parents should pray that God provides godly wisdom and guidance so that their children will grow up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Judges 13, 12, Proverbs 22, 6. Another lesson we can learn from David is the reaction that he had to his child's death. Upon learning that the infant had died, there was an acceptance signified by his actions when he arose from the ground, washed and anointed himself and changed his clothes, and he went into the house of the Lord and worshiped. Then he went to his own house, and when he had requested, they set food before him, and he ate. Second Samuel 12. You know what's surprising about this is that David went into the house of the Lord and worshiped. In other words, David not only accepted the death of his child, but he gave it all over to God in worship. The ability to worship and honor God in a time of trial or crisis is really a powerful demonstration of our spiritual confidence in our God. Doing so will enable us to accept the reality of our loss, and this is how God frees us to go on living. What David models here for us in this story is learning to turn loose things in life that we cannot change. My final thought for my son as I said goodbye is, you cannot come to me, I will come to you, and I think it's going to be very soon. And all Christians should take great comfort in this from Revelation 21.4, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. My friend, you and I have so much to look forward to. And even in this today, we remember this is the day the Lord hath made. We are to rejoice and be glad in it. I take great confidence in the fact that God never, ever makes a mistake. Thank you, Lord, for what you have done. The book Beast Tech and the DVD Mark of the New World Order are available today. Tom Horn and Terry Cook answer the question, is the Mark of the New World Order secretly under development? 
Call 1-800-652-1144 and order both of these resources. 1-800-652-1144 or go online swrc.com. Tomorrow, we welcome Bill Federer to the program to discuss his brand new book entitled Believe. Be sure to tune in on your favorite radio station or by subscribing to our daily Watchman on the Wall podcast. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.com.